Hi, I'm Jennifer Shorto, and I make textiles and wallpapers. Hello, and welcome to the London Property Podcast. Today, we're in conversation with Jennifer Shorto, who has turned her passion into a business producing beautiful fabrics and wallpaper using her background from living in various places all over the world and her passion for textile history. Welcome, Jennifer. Thank you for joining us. Hi, Fonas. It's a, it's a great pleasure to do this with you. Your uh, business started from, from a passion you've always had in textile history. And uh, you, you've been interested in textiles from all over the world, dating back to the 17th century, French, West African. Tell us a little bit about that. How did it all uh, start to inspire you to begin with? Um, I think I think it was actually arriving uh, in in you know arriving in England because I grew up in um, in Belgium and uh, in Belgium there just wasn't the same uh, I didn't have the same I didn't have the same exposure to uh, to 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 textile I, I suppose it's because uh, when you arrive in when you arrive in England you're you're, you're um, uh, you know, all these, you know, all the, the influences coming from all the parts of the empire just are thrown at you. And there's this kind of extraordinary moment of discovery when you arrive in London and you go to sort of some formidable houses where all this is plopped together, you know, still sort of like smelling of Victoriana some or, you know, and, and suddenly, and, when I was 18, I, I, uh, you know, I, j- I had just come out of boarding school and I, I started, um, uh, and I, and I, I started, uh, going to this house because I felt, you know, I sort of fell in love and, and it was a house that had been decorated by Benison and, uh, and Geoffrey Benison has been, you know, forever this kind of mythical, uh, decorator who used to, who did, uh, you know, the houses of the Rothschilds and in the seventies and, and he uh, countless things, but real beauties. And he had thrown together in one of these, um, studio artist studios in London on, on, um, uh, Glee place in Glee place. Um, he'd thrown all these sort of like wonderful antique textiles together. And I think I was just sort of like smitten. You know, and uh, and so and furthermore, the man who lived there completely intrigued me, and I fell in love with him. So there was this kind of like, you know, bonfire of excitement, you know, going on. So I started very early. You know, I had to redo my Latin exam. I had like, I wasn't, I wasn't a good student at all. You know, and anyway, so he said, "Oh yeah, yeah, don't worry, I'll, 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 I'll help you out with this." So I started living with him practically, and then sort of so curious about this wonderful house I um this this artist studio I I uh, start you know I, I would you know sort of be looking around at all the cupboards and and then inside one of the cupboards there was this old um Suzani and you know I just I know that we've seen Suzani's so many Suzani's and we're all sort of like I mean I have to say I'm kind of like there's a moment where it's a bit saturation but but this particular one, I, first of all, I wasn't familiar with them when I was 18. And, 
And the other thing is that this one was like a sort of like late 18th century, early 19th century one. So the colors were just exquisite and uh, the workmanship on them, even though it was quite sort of like an old piece of, you know, it was not in a great state at all. And uh, so I suppose that's my kind of like rosebud, you know, thing. And uh, that's why I just sort of, yeah, went went always go back to this cupboard, you know. But in actual fact, it was the whole sort of like the talent of of Benison, you know, putting everything all together and just this, yeah, this wonderful moment. And uh, so, so going back to the the history of um, of fabrics, because obviously at the time where fabrics were were. Uh, used by people you didn't have printers you didn't have graphic designers so it was all done you know by hand using natural colors and uh i guess your 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 work is inspired by by the old uh mixing it with the new so one of one of the things that uh i was reading about is how uh you bring fantasy and the spirit of adventure together mm. to create some of your pieces so can you can you tell me more about how you get inspired what well, you know is there is there any particular you know do you like to be in nature do you you know is it, is it a combination of everything where where did the where did the inspiration come from is it just yeah well and you know i mean like to start with there's nothing in my mind there's nothing mamby pamby about the whole fabric thing it's really kind of like you know swords and daggers pirates and you know this is what the world of textile is to me and it's not at all even though i have been you know for you know i had i went uh, for many you know i used to uh, hound the little fairs with old ladies, you know, who were selling their little, um, you know, stitches and things like that and old Japanese textiles. Maybe that was part of the story, but to me, textile really is an adventure. I mean, there was, it was an incredibly, there were all sorts of very exciting moments about textile, you know, this, uh, the, the, the trading that happened in the sort of, um, uh, 16th, 17th century in the, in uh, Southeast Asia was the most sophisticated trading ever. I mean, you know, you had boats coming from Arabia into the into the into the, the southeastern uh, seas. They were trading with all the Indonesian islands you know, against cloves, and then they would go on to China, trade those cloves against the, the porcelain, then they would go to Japan and trade that porcelain against the silver, then return. And all this kind of barter system was really, uh, you know, sophisticated like Wall Street is today, you know, so the whole, the Indian, tr the Indians were, of course, masters of the game, because they, they would just, um, they would just adapt, you know, and start making textiles according to what markets they wanted to uh, hit, you know. So if they wanted particular things from a from an island, from a particular island, a particular kingdom in Indonesia, um, they would they would cater and do specific designs for that place, even if it was in the tiniest kingdom, you know. But it might have been that that kingdom was very very wealthy. So you have this like rich array of of designs that were being whipped out at the you know, speed of lightning and also a tremendous artistry, you know, because this was worth a lot of money. So there have been all sorts of moments in time when, when, uh, when textile was either, you know, sort of like a trading, uh, a trading, um, uh, you know, it was a trading, uh, meat, what do you call it, system 
or right. uh, like like money. Like knowing your customer, so you knew what to what to it design would, to would appeal. Yeah, yeah. it would be it would be like, give you what you want like a currency. It would be like yeah. a currency. Then there yeah. are other times where it was a, where it was used to uh, to you know set the class system you know, the order of the class system, a symbol, you know, for instance, in the Ottoman Empire, if you were a merchant, if you were a Jewish merchant, if you were, you know, a sort of like Christian, everyone had their place in this extremely uh, organized uh, society and, and quite rigid. You know, the Pasha had, everyone had their place. And there was, there was a costume, you know, that caste was allowed to wear certain textiles. The, the the sultan was allowed to wear other textiles. It was extremely codified. So textile was also you know was used for that. It has these multi uses. There's that side of of textile that that's always always interesting. And then there's the and then there's the sort of like um, the actual sort of analysis of a textile when it arrives in your hands and you can read the crossroads and the different places that it's uh, that you, all the influences you can read in it. So you'll see, for instance, I have some Ottoman textiles and I know that there's heavy influence of China because of the color of the silk, because of the, the you know, the silk and the black threads on it, the, the designs. But at the same time, this, the shape of the flowers is completely sla- Slav, you know, so I know that it's the upper part of, of, uh, the, of, of the Ottoman Empire. So, um, and, and um, so you, you kind of like read them like maps and influences. And you know that at certain times, certain places had um, a relationship with other places. And you can read this in the textiles. And it's really amusing. And so it makes it all quite sort of, yeah, always exciting, you know? So actually you get the majority of your inspiration for your wallpapers just from analyzing this, the history of some of these pieces. Well, with the wallpapers, it's like the, there's this other game going on. They're just like games, you know, for me, they're just they're really sort of fun with the, with the, there's also with the wallpapers, there's also my whole relationship with painting, you know, because I, I, I spend a lot, a lot of time in my life um, in, you know, closely with paintings, I either, you know, either with collecting or, you know, my, my first husband was, uh, you know, was, had a gallery and was involved in dealing and built a very important textile, uh, very important painting collections. And so I spent a lot, a lot of times in museums and looking at pictures, old masters and contemporary and modern. And so there's a lot of that in it because the construction of an image and it's just like it, there, there are certain artists that really sort of like, you know, just set me on fire. So, so there will be moments where, you know, and, and other things like, for instance, I'll be, you know, I went recently to, uh, to Pompeii in September and I hadn't been in a few years, you know, I hadn't been probably in I don't know seven years or something like that. And I went back. And um, so of course it was sort of like in the middle of all this COVID thing. So there was no one, no one there, and the same goes for the the archaeological museum in Naples, where normally we see all these like incredible frescoes. Anyway, I hadn't seen them in a while, and there was no one there, and um, so we were just sort of like in the middle of this. We were in the middle of these houses, and suddenly these houses were ours, and I was just looking at all these frescoes, and suddenly. 
because there was no one to, you know, pass in front of me or disturb me or anything like that, I really had the time to kind of immerse myself in that atmosphere. And I suddenly thought, oh my God, they're so vibrant and they're so modern and all these lines. And I didn't see the little cherubs anymore. And I didn't see the little this and the little that. I just saw these sort of like very modernist lines. And and I looked, it looked so sort of, um, so stylish and they, they were always extremely stylish, but there are these, these lines appeared to me and I suddenly, and it reminded me as I was looking at them, that they were like, they were not so far from the art deco, the feeling I had with art deco, certain moments of early, early art deco, you know, really sort of, yeah. And so um, anyway, so I just, so that meant that I came back home and I started drawing and everything was so simple. I just had it. I had it. I could do another Pompeii completely different and then when it came out and it was done um then then um julie who, who works you know we worked together uh said oh my god it looks very james bondy doesn't it <laughs> and then we suddenly oh, it's, oh yeah it's super 70s actually so it just kind of like happens you know that yeah you could go back to the same things at different times and be influenced in a different way and then yeah, yeah. And something completely different comes out, you know, but this is the time, like for the moment, you know, I mean, I think, yeah, we, we, you know, we, there certain periods demand certain things and yeah. So it's kind of fun. It's like an, it's like a chemistry, you know, you do yeah. these mixes, you know, and then things pop out and you don't, you don't have control, exact control of what's going to come out. You know, you don't know. It's like a creative adventure. It's an everything is an adventure. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I saw, I saw some, some, uh, I was just having a quick glance at your things today before our chat. And I saw, you know, some videos of a shoreline or there was a, you were in a courtyard and these birds were flying in and out. And then when I was looking at them, I was thinking, well, I wonder whether she saw that. And then she made that jungle uh, <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> you know, where there's, there's the tiger and then there's the, all these palm trees. So I guess you pull it in from all the different places and, and, yeah, and yeah. That's where the fantasy and the adventure kind of meet. Right. And there's always a story, you know, I mean, there's always a story. So it's, it's this is, yeah. So what's the most unusual story that comes to mind for you? Well, the Pompeii one is a pretty good one, to be honest. But Yeah, they're all sort of, you know, because the jungle one, it's because I did this project in Mexico. And then, um, and then um, you know, my, my client, um, my client had grown up in this city that close to this, uh, had grown up close to this lost city in the jungle. And uh, the lost city in the jungle um, had, because essentially the story was this, there was this very, uh, very wealthy sort of poet. Um, and he, he uh, sort of was married to a dancer at this. And he had, he frequented all the, the artists and he was just this very sort of like interesting um, character. And he, he first went, he emigrated to America in, I think it was in the twenties. And then, um, and then, not so interested, moved on to Mexico. And he was essentially, uh, you know, friends with all that intelligentsia of Mexico. 
And for some reason, he decided to start building. He had been collecting all this surrealist art, you know. So he came, you know, with these sort of like this extraordinary collection. But at one point or another, he started building this kind of wild surrealist city in the middle of the jungle next to where my, my client had grown up. And, uh, and she was telling me about this. And, uh, and so at one point I had to go and see it. And it's true. This, there is this lost, okay, now it's become this kind of quite, quite, uh, you know, sort of, I think it's, it has a little bit more of a touristy uh, flair to it, but it's this wild, wild place in the middle of nowhere. And he built it throughout the rest of his life. I think he must've started when he was like, I don't know, in his forties or whatever, but he dilapidated his entire fortune, his collection, art collection, his fortune, everything building this wild city. And, um, and there he used to, he used to keep, you know, these, um, this fauna of sort of like snakes and uh, wild birds and, you know, and leopards and all sorts of things. So, you know, this, wild city was in my mind all the time and then and then this uh one of my, my this wonderful decorator meredith oh. ellis so asked had asked me oh you know why don't you please i'm doing this project can you produce a, a jungle wallpaper for me and then while i was drawing it with julie we were thinking jungle jungle and then i thought why i mean of course it's that jungle it's that one you know it's that one we have to draw so it was like so then we started drawing the, the lost city you know yeah so they're not just inspirations that you have. So some of the work you do is actually according to a specific request from a client. Like they want to yeah, recreate yeah. a feeling or a, an experience. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like very often, you know, it's the it's a very good start. Because, for instance, there's a, there's another wallpaper. You talked about the coastline. It's called A Journey Through Japan. It was, again, Meredith who said, you know, Jennifer, I really love Pink City. You know, this other wallpaper I made. I love Pink City and everything. I love those pastel colors and everything like that. Won't you do another one with those colors? And then I thought, oh, well, I mean, like then there wasn't a particular theme, but Meredith and I had just been to Japan for the first time. It had been a sort of like we'd been each separately. And then I thought, oh. Well, I'll, I'll just, and we were talking about it and I said, okay, well, I'll paint my vision of Japan, you know, because it was a big deal for me to finally go to Japan. I mean, my, my Eve, my husband said, had said, come on, this is enough. You've been dreaming about it for years. But of course I was, I was frightened of being disappointed. You know, I built all these castles in my mind, you know, I mean, it was like this enchanted place. And I thought, oh, what if I go and I don't like it? What if it doesn't sort of live up to it? Well, of course it did, you know? Japan yeah. is unbelievable, you know, it yeah. was incredible. And he'd said to me, you don't have the right to travel more than, you know, it's going to be very specific. You can go to Tokyo and Kyoto and that's it because you've never been there. And I think you're, it's going to be, it's going to blow your mind and you, you can't just spread yourself. You'll be able to go with a really sort of strict master about it. I said, okay, okay. Since, and then he prepared everything, you know, he just sort of, cause he'd been several times and, he he's he's got a, he has a wonderful eye and and uh, he knew you know pretty much what what could, could what could be great to do and and uh, so anyway so yeah so then I drew my vision of Japan and my vision of Japan was an is an island you know so I thought oh because I remember going taking that those fast trains between Tokyo and Kyoto and the coastline and I loved it you know yeah. That's fascinating. And then you take some of these designs and you do other things with it, don't you? You've got scarves, cushions. 
how how do they translate or are they completely different designs when they go onto onto yeah, fabric I, I don't, you know, I, I, I'll do, you know, if people ask me for cushions, we can make them, but we don't, you know, we don't really, we, we didn't really, con- we decided not to concentrate too much on, on accessories because really our specialty is textile and wallpaper. And it does demand quite a bit of time and energy. And, um, and we, we sell a lot in America. So, you know, you can't do everything. I mean, we, you know, Julie and I, we, we just really like to, it's best to do be the best, you know, really great at what you, you do. And I think that we're, we're getting stronger and stronger and the quality of our textile is really rather beautiful. You know, the wovens and they're really something, something. So um, we've done, you know, we, we take part in really interesting projects and, for for very great houses so so i think uh, there's no you know you have to know sort of what your what your market is i i, I don't think i'm going to be like miss cushion you know yeah no 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 i understand that you have it's, it's always best to specialize because the, the the more you specialize also the more you develop deeper and deeper into, into into what you're doing so are your textiles used on walls like wallpaper or do you do people use yeah. them for other no, no, the textiles are used on walls as well. I mean, like there's, um, yeah, there's there have been several occasions where where they they've been, you know, sort of um, what was it? I mean, I remember this really great bedroom that Michael Smith had done for the the owner of uh, of Netherporte, you know. Uh, and anyway, so she she, you know, it's you know, people just you know, it happens, you know, of course. And then, uh, and it's not that I don't do things on the side. I have this kind of like this funny hobby of, of shawls that I do, but that's because, and I work with Kashmiris in Kashmir and I do that because it's like research about weaving, you know? So that's like a particular thing that I do, but it's like just this quirky thing, you know, it's like research for me. Yeah. Yeah. And um, actually, I, I saw once uh, somebody had done something really creative in a property I went to visit where they'd taken the textiles and just framed it and put it on the wall like a yeah, painting, yeah. which was, you know, a way of getting, I suppose, your hands on something really special it, 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 with a smaller budget, I guess. So for our listeners, for our listeners uh, who, you know, may not be uh, creating beautiful uh uh, re- redesigns and interior designs but might want to add some color and spice to their to their homes we're, we're spending so much time at home these days that i'm sure a lot of people are looking inwards and and trying to figure out how to make things better what are sort of simple things that you think people can do in their houses with wallpaper to bring some vibrant colors and life into a room what would I you think, recommend i think that that wallpapers are amazingly forgiving for sort of like the 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 insufficiencies of architecture you know sometimes you end up with some rooms which are really difficult to deal with because they're small they're pokey they're this they're that and you put wallpaper in and it just expands it and it's unbelievable what it can do so i mean like people who are really frightened they might just not be so frightened if they're doing okay well let's just do our guest bathroom you know for instance suddenly you know you make it into a really fun place and that might be a good sort of like testing ground uh, for for things um also there's this other thing that i i always like to say for i you know i, I don't consider that i i'm you know like i don't really want to go into the decorating advice or whatever but i do think that people should take in consideration the light 
of an area. If, an, if a, the room is dark, you can paint it as white as you can want. It's not going to make it lighter, you know. If a room is dark, a room is dark. So then you work with dark colors, you know, darker colors or colors that shine in the dark. You know, there's certain sort of like reds and deep greens and uh, you know, blues and they shine and they sparkle in the dark. It seems crazy, but it's like that chemistry of light, you know? So I think, um, so they have to, before they take any, you know, go forward, just test things out, you know, put a little piece of wallpaper and see, oh, does it, you know, what does it do? You know, for instance, that I have that, um, it's called this wallpaper. And it seems, I, I suppose when you first see it, you think, what the hell? It's called Golden Bees. And, um, and Golden Bees is, was, was made because I, I loved uh, 17th century screens made out of gilded leather. It's a it's particular thing that was made in Holland, um, in the Netherlands and in Spain. And they're, they're really, really beautiful. Anyway, I, all, I had screens like that and I lost them. Um, I had to sell them because they were so big when I moved from Paris and I always missed them. So I made this wallpaper called Golden Bees. And this one, and Golden Bees is in my bedroom. And you don't know, it's like, so my, my bedroom is this gold box. You know, I live, I sleep in a gold box. And uh, to start with, I love the idea. You know, I I feel like, ah, oh, I'm, you know, I'm the little pearl in the gold box. And then, uh, and, and because there's so many trees, you know, in front of my window, there isn't that much light in my bedroom. There's a little bit of light and I can see the sky through the trees, but I don't see, it's not very, very bright. But with this gold, with this golden bees wallpaper, every little ray that comes through sort of twinkles and in such a nice way. And so it's always warm and I don't know, there's this warm light around and it's very, very nice. So even my husband, who's like really conservative, loves it. He was even thinking, you know, in his house in Belgium, he was thinking, what about that golden piece? And I said, no, no, you can't put twice the same thing. <laughs> it's not. You're going to have to be brave here and put something else in your house in Belgium, you know? Yeah. Um, did you notice in lockdown that people were turning more to towards ordering I mean, did you, did you, did you find uh, that homes people are on fire? <laughs> people are on fire for homes. I mean, yeah. And listen, I, I'm going through the same thing, you know, I mean, I, I, of course you, you rethink your whole lifestyle. Is yeah. it worth it? You know, am I doing, you know, am I, what, this might last for ages. Am I actually sort of living the way I want to live? Yeah, it's so true. Everybody's really rethinking yeah. Yeah. what's important. Well, it's been really fascinating talking to you and uh, we're really looking forward to seeing your works, pending works. And um, thank you so much for your time. You're very welcome. Thank you for listening to the London Property Podcast, home of Super Prime. For a full list of our podcasts and off-market property opportunities, head on over to londonproperty.co.uk.